Welcome to Roundhouse Roulette, a Walker, Texas Ranger podcast. Thanks for joining us as we recap and review one of the 200 existing Walker, Texas Ranger episodes randomly selected by Roundhouse Roulette. I'm Evan Dalton, here with my brother Adam. What's a going on? And uh, fellow train enthusiast, Mr. Bob Leahy. Choo choo, guys. <laughs> chugga chugga. <Woo! laughs> Today, of course, we'll be recapping and reviewing season three, episode 13, in which uh, Walker and co. have to stop an epic train robbery. But, you know, before we put on our conductor's hats and debate the finer points over whether uh, George Carlin or Ringo Starr made a better conductor on Shining Time Station, Mm. Mm. join us as we pull up a stool at CD's Bar and Grill. Mm. Welcome. Hey, guys. Great to see you here at CD's. We're kind of doing a matinee here. (laughs) Yeah, um... Sometimes Walker can get scary when talked about at night. So this one's good to talk about during the day, you know? Mm. Yeah, I feel and, safe. Uh, you know, nothing's better during the day than um, a double IPA. So that's what... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what CD's got for us today. It is a know-it-all double IPA brewed by the Bearded Iris Brewing Company in Nashville, Tennessee. I think they only make IPAs, so it's all about the variants of the IPAs. What does the Barn Grill menu say about this one? It says, uh, here's an idea. Just kidding. It's another double IPA. But this one (laughs) utilizes Bravo Salvo to intensify aromas to an incandescent level. When paired with cashmere and citra, candied lime, orange pulp, light florals, and peach tea. Hmm. Incandescent. That seems like it might have paired nicely with the Thunderhawk episode. You know? Supersonic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't incandescent light, though, not sound? Oh, yes. right, yeah. right, yeah, right. Well, Sorry, you're right, enough. you're right. Um, so this <laughs> definitely is fitting for us recording the podcast during the day. There it is. Yeah. We did it. We did mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Good work, guys. All right, well, I just took a sip of coffee, so let's crack this open. (laughs) (laughs) Go from a nice iced coffee to a double IPA. Let's see. Easier drinking than I expected it to be. Yeah. This has a lot of flavors going on. Also tastes like coffee. I get a little peach tea. (laughs) Yeah, I get a little leftover half and half. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm getting from mine, too, but... (laughs) Um, we'll see. We'll have to see how this settles, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the two of you will end up with breath o death. <laughs> <laughs> Our microphones will explode. Yeah. Another good one here from Bearded Iris. If you're in Nashville, check them out. I just poured the bottom of that beer in there, and there is a serious haze cloud that came in. Ooh. Yeah, I did that too. I, looks, I was like, man, mm. this is an easy drinking beer, and then poured okay. the last of it in and took a sip and was like, oh, there it is. It's <laughs> good. <laughs> It's got some junk in the trunk. It sure does. It sure does. <laughs> well, to kick things off here, we heard from our longtime listener and patron, Kenny Detweiler. Kenny. Seems like he's pretty excited for us to do Money Train, which apparently is one of his all-time favorite Walker episodes. Mm, okay. Will it be one of our all-time favorite episodes? We'll discuss. We'll, Stay we'll... tuned and find out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got a few news items here. Our whole family knows we do this 
Walker, Texas Ranger podcast. So they're always texting us stuff. And our dad actually broke some news for the podcast here. He texted us this article from Yahoo Entertainment. Chuck Norris's grandson kicked off Jonas Brothers' new reality show for cheating. A lot to unpack here. Wow. <laughs> so first of all, like the Jonas Brothers have, have become like reality TV show brothers. Well, they've probably gone from being stars to producers now, right? No, they're like, they're like hosts. I remember watching one that was like, you know, just following them around, like uh, following the Jonas Brothers around, which I do anyway. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, this one, apparently <laughs> it's a reality TV show where they have everyone living in a house and they're people who are related to celebrities. You need to hide who you're related to from the other people in the house. That sounds fun. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I know. I guess none of them have phones in Google. Is that well? well <laughs> that's that's the problem because apparently Chuck Norris's grandson was in this house. He was about to win when some footage came out of him cheating and using his cell phone under his sheets. I mean, this is a reality TV show. They film everything, dude. He had like yeah, a yeah. burner cell phone. He's going to get caught. Not too swift. There's an article here, Kevin Jonas, on the shocking disqualification. I thought it was all over. I thought that he ruined the whole show. I think it started that way, actually. <laughs> yeah. In the article, uh, the Jonas Brothers, like, <laughs> a lot of people are saying it's staged, but it wasn't. <laughs> sure. Of okay. course it wasn't. Sure. Whatever, who cares? Yeah. But this is what I'm most interested in here, okay? Follow-up article, USA Today. Chuck Norris fact. He still doesn't know his grandson was booted from claim to fame for cheating. And um, we've got a side-by-side -side of Chuck Norris and his grandson here. He looks like a cheater. Yeah. He looks yeah. like you want to punch him right in the face. <laughs> right? Def definitely leaving based, that based on this, yeah. Based on this photo. Yeah, I mean, well, he is wearing a suit. He does. He actually kind of looks like he could be one of the teens in the episode of Walker Mean Streets that we haven't got to yet. He'd be yeah, a bad or guy like for a, sure. Yeah, a runaway delinquent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck's grandson, Max, says, I have not told my grandpa that I will be on claim to fame. I'll let you know when he does end up watching. Most kids don't want to disappoint their grandparents, and no one wants to disappoint Chuck Norris. It's true. It's true. He's right there. Up next here, we, we got another text from the family from our Uncle Alfred. He says, I found this on Newsbreak. Walker Independence is the vengeful Western drama we've been waiting for. And this is the uh, spinoff of Walker, the reboot. And, you know, as Evan said in a previous podcast, I guess you only need to have one season of TV to do a spinoff of a show. When the CW is involved, I suppose. Uh, should we watch the trailer here? Mm. I feel like I can't say no. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that question has been answered for us. <laughs> this is a prequel series to Walker that takes place in the Old West, much like in the old show Walker, they did flashback episodes. With Hayes Cooper? With Hayes Cooper. <laughs> oh. We just finished the trailer for Walker Independence. What are your thoughts, guys? Same thought I had in response to the, quote, reboot 
if you're not going to keep the characters the same or the origin the same or anything the same except for the name Walker somewhere in it, right? why are you even doing it? Well, you're only using it for brand recognition, period. Mm-hmm. That's it. You can see with this, it looks like they're like, no one's really done a CW style Western. They're like, oh man, Yellowstone is huge right now, mm-hmm. that show. Yeah. It doesn't look like there are any Texas Rangers involved. Uh, it doesn't seem that way. Do you think it even takes place in Texas? Mm-hmm. Irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're using the Walker name to maybe get a few viewers who like Jared Padalecki's show and finding a way to find the middle ground between the more adult Yellowstone show and a uh, tween Western. And that's what this is. <sighs> Great. Can we move count, on? Count me in. <laughs> All right. You, you start. This is going to be your third podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about that. So um, <laughs> again, without right. Evan or me, just you. Well, Big news here on the Roundhouse Roulette front, Bob. What, what do you got for us? Uh, looks like we got a new patron, friend of the pod, David. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. I think David is fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. David joined us, helping us pay our monthly hosting and do ridiculous stuff. But he also wrote to us as well. Evan, you want to take this? Yeah, seems like he's got some childhood memories of Walker, Texas Ranger, and he's maybe rekindling that flame. So he says, uh, discovered our show last week, and he just joined our Patreon. Apparently, he watched all the time as a kid, but never went back to it as an adult, but Mm. was recently sick with a bad cold, put on some Walker, and the rest is history. (laughs) It all came flooding back. (laughs) Yeah. He also uh, shared an excellent photo from an elementary school art class project (laughs) where he made a ceramic... uh, box of sorts yeah with a cowboy hat on it and it says uh chuck norris is walker texas ranger all over it so mm. that's pretty legit I, I like the project that reminds like he's probably the same age as us because when we were that age everything he made was just an ashtray for your parents that's all I remember. <laughs> what are you gonna make right. uh, it's either a mug or an ashtray Those are the two things kids can make in pottery yeah class. yeah can, th- this is this is amazing can you imagine like a seven-year-old kid you're in art class and the art teacher has to like fire this up in the kiln <laughs> he said someone helped him like craft the hat he remembers stamping in chuck norris is walker texas ranger on the side of this Evan, break this down. Break that for for listeners here. This uh, it's a work of art, really. It's high art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got uh, two different glazes on it. I would <laughs> seem, uh, or at least two different paint colors that were used. It's like a box with a hat sitting on top, also serving as the lid, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to um, cover whatever's inside. You put yeah. your stash. I mean, in I'm there. assuming it's weed. It's got to be weed. Bullets. <laughs> bullets. Yeah, bullets. Not, yeah, no, I Put mean, your ammo in there. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, uh, one day's ration of Roundhouse Provisions meals. Yeah, add water and it quadruples in size. <laughs> it turns into a full uh, Salisbury steak dinner. Mm. <laughs> Unbelievable. But this this is a, a work, work of art. We'll definitely be putting this up on our episode page for people to check out. David, thank you for sharing this. He's in Washington State, so thanks for repping us out west. 
Mm. Nice. Pacific nice. Northwest. So if you follow us on social media, uh, you might have seen that we started for our patrons dropping Walker leaks, you know, like WikiLeaks. Right? Thank you for explaining that. We dropped the first. We're going to do this every month for our patrons. Um, as part of Walkerology, we've amassed a collection of Walker Texas Ranger documents. And um, <laughs> Bob and Evan haven't seen this yet. I'm just going to pull this up. What we have here is an internal CBS media folder uh, dossier uh, <laughs> with internal documents on Sons of Thunder and Walker Texas Ranger. Um, and we've put this up for our patrons to help us parse and uh, dig out the nuggets for us to discuss on a future podcast. There's like a biography of the show <laughs> Sons of Thunder. Um, there's a series background on Walker, promotional slides for the show. So thank you to patrons for helping us out. Uh, we've got a bunch of other ridiculous vintage Walker documents that we're going to be parsing out. Uh, this bothers me to no end that uh, the description of Sons of Thunder doesn't even mention Carlos. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. Well, <laughs> anyway, all this and more. If you join us on Patreon, you can parse this all document this and, um, and let us know your thoughts on there, and we'll discuss it on a future podcast. A lot of fun ahead. Well, let's get on into it. <laughs> if you're watching along at home and don't want any spoilers, hit that pause button, watch Money Train. Season 3, episode 13, and then get right on back to us. Welcome back. Let's dig into this beast. This episode originally aired on January 14th, the young year of 1995. Mm. Yes. Mm. Vintage. It was, a, it was a very good year. It opens up on what might have been considered some cutting-edge tech at the time, which is a laptop computer. Yeah, Trevette is in the uh, passenger seat of Walker's truck as they do a night patrol much like batman and robin mm -hmm. and uh, and uh trevette is typing and speaking out loud what he's typing uh and this laptop he's typing on is like it's, it's thick as a brick oh, it's state-of-the-art though <laughs> 1995 <laughs> oh my gosh it's uh yeah he's typing it into a word processor yes. yeah that's what it is it's not even really a computer it's very overly dramatized but apparently he does this to uh, relax his biorhythms, he explains <laughs> to uh, to Walker. Yeah. And uh, he, he tells Walker that he should be doing some writing, but, you know, Walker sees through the BS and is like, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. He, no. He's, he's kind of like, we're working all these late nights, man. I'm working on this. I guess it's like a screenplay or something. And, you know, we work hard. We need some soft duty. And Walker's like, before Walker can even say, what did you just say? There's a hard cut to some warehouse where three ninjas are breaking into it. <laughs> Do we talk about and soft it, duty, guys? We're just going to go right over that? We're just going to... Yeah, soft yeah. duty? Yeah, what is soft... When he said soft duty, I was like, what? Poo-poo, right? Caca. I mean, my mind didn't immediately go there. Of course but, it did. You know, but I'm of it. <laughs> I'm like, what is Trevette talking about? In I mean, also, just think about think about all the commercials for um, water soluble fiber products that are being peddled oh, during totally. Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> That's subliminal, right? <laughs> yeah, right? soft duty. Oh, that'd be nice, man. Yeah, Oof. colon cleanse kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the music too off the bat is amazing. It's got this like 
dated electric piano sound with like slap bass underneath and you're like oh man it's outstanding it really is i'm listening to it right now i was just gonna say i think i've got i've got this episode yeah, he's in too. a trance it's that good yeah it's just like really gross electric piano noise <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's 1995 man anything goes yeah <laughs> um so yeah these ninjas are breaking into a warehouse and Walker and Trevette are called into a silent alarm. It is at some sort of machining plant or something. And Trevette's all like, look, man, I need a shower and I need a serious sleep right now. There's no way we're going to be going to this breaking and entering. Let the locals handle it. And Walker's all like, we're only a couple miles away. We're going. Yeah. They show up at this warehouse. Trevette's like, nothing's going on, man. There's nothing here. And Walker's like, That's they want you to think. <laughs> so they jump up over the fence using the truck as a tool mm. exciting yeah, yeah yeah like there's like a chain link fence and walker pulls up next to it gets in the truck bed and they're easily able to jump over the chain link fence once they're inside they're walking around and um these ninjas they jump down from above and ambush walker and trevette and they do something you don't see too often they completely pants the rangers right yeah yeah and there's some awesome establishing shots of walker and trevette on the ground floor just looking around and then the camera pans up and behind them on the ledge is like two ninjas in black and you're just like oh my god this is amazing yeah i think i brought this up last episode where i don't think anyone got a single punch in on any of the rangers <laughs> and this was totally the opposite much more believable I guess there was a scuffle, so the ninjas yeah, yeah. did fight Walker, but somehow they knocked Walker over or something. One guy's taking out Trevette, and uh, Walker's got two people on him, and he's actually about to take both of them out, but the guy takes out Trevette and then does like a flying jumping kick at Walker's back and takes him out, and then they all run off. So it takes three people to take out Walker. Mm. It's about right. And then he goes over to Trevette after they leave, and he's like, are you okay? Which, at that point, I'm still like, they have time to catch up to these guys. They just kind of let them get away. Remember, at the beginning of the episode, they set the they set the groundwork for this. Mm, that's right. They've gotten out. I mean, they've been on a stakeout for, like, weeks, man. Okay, so yeah. They're, yeah. they're pretty up against it. The ninjas run back to their truck. They all jump into, like, this really extremely scuzzy proto SUV, right? And, <laughs> like, and, and they look like members of the Foot Clan. Yeah, uh, they take their masks off, of course, and they're like, dude, those guys were Texas Rangers. I don't like this. And then they speed <laughs> off. Trevette comes to and was like, what the heck was that? And Walker, he spells it out for us. He's like, I don't know, but they were dressed like ninjas. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, cue the credits, right? I mean, that's a lot to a lot to marinate on while you watch commercials for fiber products. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you know, I mean, Walker and Trevette, they just wanted to go investigate and you know check out a break and entering. Now they're all caught up in this whole thing because they got ambushed. So by ninjas. I mean, yeah. in yeah. Texas. Mm-hmm. So apparently they're there the next morning, so they had to stay at like a motel or something overnight. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> They're at this place that manufactures and sells parts for like planes and railroads. And uh, the guy's like, well, you know, I don't know what they'd steal. Doesn't look like anything was stolen. They didn't mess with our safe. 
And Walker's like, well, they were, they came from the top floor, so. What do you keep upstairs? And the guy's like, I don't know, just a bunch of like train parts. Yeah. Yeah. Walker's like, well, can you let us know like if anything's missing? And he's like, yeah, I'll task Susan on that. She'll just count the tens of thousands of things and come up with an inventory for you by the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Kind of like in the last episode with Thunderhawk. Oh, we'll get you the, the employees' names by the end of the day. Okay, yeah. You got it. Yeah. Easy. Trevette's all like, yeah, man, that one guy, he could really bring it. It's like, they, it's, as, <laughs> it's as if they didn't have an opportunity to talk about this all night. They're talking about it now instead. Well, you know, uh, I'm glad they are, though. Yeah, you got to mm. save it for the yeah. camera. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Walker's like, yeah, he was a Shotokan stylist. Right, yeah. Which is interesting. It's a Japanese system, but the other guys, they used a Korean system. And uh, this is maybe our first instance of things getting incredibly close to breaking the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Trevette's like, what style do you practice, Walker? Like he's never asked that before. Like like it's never (laughs) come up. Yeah, and he's like, oh, Chung Cook Do. And uh, Trevette's like, what style is that? And Chuck Norris is all like, it's all of them. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> and that, for people who don't know, is his own style of karate. Chuck, Chuck Norris's. Norris's. Yeah. <laughs> IRL. Yes, IRL. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the first we learn that Chuck Norris exists in the Walkerverse. Since Chung Cook Do exists in the Walker Texas Ranger universe, so does Chuck Norris. That's what you're saying. Yes. At the same time as Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. We'll see you later wow. as a is a singer, you know. When we when we hear his theme song. <laughs> we do need to come up with a list of the times that uh they break or almost break the fourth wall, like when Walker is listening to his own theme song in the truck. I feel like there's That's more that we've true. seen. That's true. I too. forgot about yeah. that. That's so this is the second time. I feel like there's right. even more though. There's another one where they talk about Chuck Norris and Walker acts like he's never heard of Chuck Norris oh, and yes. makes uh, Trevette explain who Chuck Norris yeah, is. Yeah, and he, they kind of, the writers make Trevette read off Chuck Norris's accolades to Walker. <laughs> and then wa- then Walker corrects him on it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. So at least we'll get three there. times. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Susan, the woman who works at the uh, dye factory, she goes home at the end of the day and it looks like someone's in her apartment waiting for her, but instead it's her boyfriend who's just acting really creepy. His name is Cody and uh, we recognize him because he was one of the ninjas who broke into the factory Mm -hmm. and she's getting spooked. She's like, man, they know all about you. You know, you took out one of them Rangers. His name is Walker. He's one of their top men. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, did Cody recognize Walker? Because that would be a normal Walkerism. And he'd be like, oh. Uh, he doesn't, but one of the other guys totally right, does. Right, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, like, multiple times in the episode, Walker's reputation precedes him. I mean, that's one of the most ridiculous parts about, like, those undercover things that he does. Like, he needs to be recognized every time he goes undercover. Because particularly when he goes into jail and stuff, like, half those people were put in there by him, right? Well, if we're doing the math from the show, probably. Maybe higher than that. I mean, 70% were killed, 30% went to jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the math. Anyways, Cody's all like, look, Susan, you just got to stay cool. Soon we'll be sunning in Mazatlan by next week. Mazatlan, a resort city in Mexico on the Pacific coast. Yeah, I, I, I asked Alexa what that was. Pretty good tacos there, probably. 
I don't know why they chose that. They could go anywhere. It's pretty it was close. 1995. Maybe Cancun wasn't that much of a draw at the time, and mm-hmm. Mazatlan was the way to go. Maybe we'll do our next podcast meet up there. Sounds good. Yeah, sign me up. We'll put it on the Roundhouse Roulette credit card. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. Let's put it in Evan's name. We can expense it. We'll write it off. Back at Ranger headquarters, you know, Walker and Trevette are having an elevator convo. Trevette's trying to talk side hustles with Walker about things that Walker can be doing once he leaves the force. And, you know, Walker, he's not one for thinking about the future very much. No. You know, it took him forever to get married. That's just not his jam. He, he's a man of the present day. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even look back that often. He only looks back every once in a while when he visits the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame. Well, he didn't really look back because those ninjas definitely caught him from behind. <laughs> also yeah. true. Yeah. He didn't look up either. Yeah. 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 Walker doesn't look up to anybody. So that's why attacking uh, from above is the way to go. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's why sometimes he attacks from above as well. Right. Right. You know, either from like the loft of a barn or a hot air balloon. Mm-hmm. 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 He just rains down on hubris. <laughs> He's all over it. So, you know, Walker's all like, yo, I don't want to have any part of this ridiculous stuff. And Trevette's like, oh, I've been working on the screenplay. And that's why, you know, you've been volunteered. And before Walker can say anything, Alex comes up and she's like, Walker, did Trevette fill you in on everything that's going on? They need you down at the set like now. And Walker's like, what? What is going on? Blindsided. Right. Yeah. And apparently Trevette signed the two of them up to be consultants for a Hollywood film that's filming in the area. I.e. soft duty. Very soft duty. Yeah. They don't have to go fight ninjas. They can just chill out and be consultants. They're technical advisors. Mm-hmm. Soft mm. duty. Mm. Soft and, duty indeed. Soft and Trevette's all like, yeah, man, I've been working on the script. I'm going to send it to Denzel or Wes. I guess he thinks that since he's a consultant, he can pitch his script while he's there to the people who are working on this stuff. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, his go-tos are like Denzel Washington and Wesley Snipes. Yeah, You know, Denzel Washington, I would say still at the top of his game. Wesley Snipes, he's fallen off the table a bit since 1995. Oh, but yeah, but at the time. Oh, yeah. Like, this is probably uh, before what, Blade. Demolition Man. Oh, this yeah. is probably right after that. Yeah. Major League. He was Willie Mays Hayes. Oh, Major League. <laughs> that is true. Probably my favorite role of his, but you know. Well, you know, you haven't seen him in Trevette's screenplay. so That's true. Let's see. That would have been around 95. I'm still on the Wikipedia. I'm still on IMDb. Yeah. I think Clarence Gilliard Wait. probably is actually in real life shopping his script to Wesley Snipes. Still. He was in a movie in 1995 called Money Train. No way. Yeah, with Woody Harrelson and Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> no it wasn't oh. even like... <laughs> Woody Harrelson rules. Wesley Snipes rules. I'm putting this on the list. <laughs> All right. I wonder what it has to do with this episode, also out in 95, also named Money Train. Regardless, it doesn't have Walker, Texas Rangers. So let's get <laughs> yeah, back let's move to on. Sorry, sorry. Long story short, <laughs> they're finally on set, and Trevette's trying to take in some pointers for crafting his own screenplay. They go to the set of the movie. It's like a Western town, like, exactly. like we've seen in every other Walker Western flashback episode. And all yeah, that stuff. it's a Hayes Cooper it's, film. It's kind of cool, because as I was watching this, I was wondering how much of this is infrastructure that they would have in place just for a Walker episode, right. as opposed to them bringing in extra people or set pieces or cameras and things for like an actual movie set. But uh, 
just as uh, you know, Walker is rolling his eyes at this whole thing, and Trevette's trying to peddle his script to the director. There's a loud noise, and a horse takes off with a damsel in distress on its back. And Walker, he jumps on a horse, and he races after, and he saves the starlet of the movie. Mm -hmm. Walker grabs her off the horse and holds her alongside. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough and looks kind of more dangerous than just letting the horse tire itself out. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) literally, he chases after her on the horse. (laughs) grabs her off her horse and holds her with one arm while he continues on his horse and uh, eventually lowers her to the ground once his horse comes to a complete stop. She's like, I'm usually pretty good on horses. Don't let this hurt my rep, Walker. Yeah, he rescues her and she's like, oh, I'm a local girl. And and just as Walker's meeting her, her brother comes up and we've seen this guy three times now. It's Cody. Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So Cody, he's a ninja. ninja. (laughs) <laughs> but he's also he's also a stunt double on the uh, set of this movie. Coincidentally, which explains why there's a rash of ninja robberies around where this movie's filming, I guess. Mm-hmm. We, we never got a title for the movie, did we? It's probably Money Train. It's already well, used. it is now. It's I mean, by the West West Snipes. Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> this whole movie plot really takes maybe about five minutes of the show's runtime. It's going to take a lot more of our runtime, I'll tell you that. I know, I know. (laughs) Cody and the other stunt guy stick around after Walker and the uh, actress leave. And Cody's buddy there is like, yo, that's the ranger that we, you know. Tussled with the other night. Exactly. Mm. Like He's in with your sister. And Cody's like, they don't know nothing, man. It's all fine. And this other guy's like, Look, man, if anyone gets between us and this heist worth millions, I'll take them all out. And I just want to say that it was refreshing to encounter some acting on the show again that looked like it just came right out of acting school. Mm-hmm. And maybe not even out of an acting school. This guy, not Cody, but the other stunt guy, they cast him purely for his ability to throw a roundhouse kick. No other reason. Oh, like his, yeah. his acting... <laughs> yeah, but at the same time... We'll, we'll come back to this later Perfect. because he does multiple extremely dangerous stunts. So he must have just been a stunt guy. Absolutely. They, you know, that they called him yep. because it's really him doing this stuff. So uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. totally, yep. totally. Love it. We'll get there. Absolutely love it. <laughs> so these two guys, her brother and this other guy sitting on horses on the set out of earshot of Walker, of course. They're like, well, I hope he doesn't get in the way of our plan for this big score. And we're like, wait. We've got, ah, oh man, okay, we'll just see what happens. What, what, like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's okay. We don't have to wait long because we get to see the sick bad guy's hideout, which is some dude's apartment, and uh, <laughs> they're sparring in there. It looks like a dojo, right? They just I have, guess like, it was, yeah. Mats. Yeah. It's probably just Chuck Norris's gym on set. Could be. I didn't see a total gym, but I didn't look that hard. Yeah, and they're sparring, and we're like, oh, I guess they're trying to thread the needle that these guys know karate or something in the episode, and are also cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're all of the above. They're cowboys. They know <laughs> they know karate. Wait, this uh, is Walker, Texas Ranger we were talking about here. Right. I forgot. Yeah, right. I so forgot where I was for a second. So yeah, they're sparring, and it's Cody, the other stunt guy from the movie set, and the Shotokan stylist who we see here, and he is... I assume a stunt actor 
on the show as well. And uh, this older guy comes in and he's telling them all about the big score. And they're like, what's the big score? And he's like, a federal shipment of money. And they're like, far out. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, they're like the Ninja Turtles, but bad guys. <laughs> Case in point, after he gives the lowdown on what they're going to be doing, they all put their fists in and shout something. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it might as well have been Cowabunga. Yes, exactly. Uh, we'll just say it was. Essentially, they have like a boss who, who brings them work or something, and that's what that guy was. Yeah, I mean, this is easily my favorite scene in the whole movie or in the whole show. <laughs> they're like just standing around and they're like, what's the score? And he's like, could be millions. And they're all like, oh. <laughs> Ooh. And they're like, well, we had a tangle with this guy, Walker. And the guy's like, Walker? I know that guy. I worked with him. Their boss there, again, knows of Walker. And they're like, well, what do we do if he gets in the way? <laughs> what does he say? He's like, Walker, he's like a snake that grows a new tail. You can't kill him and he won't die. And they're like, well, what will he do about him? He's like, we'll kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, it's like, you just contradicting what you just said, man. Dude. Bad guys never win. Just wow. Out there. I mean, I'm just saying right now, if you want to kill a snake... Don't go for its tail. I'm just, yeah, you know. Yeah. Rookie mistake. Reasons. Yeah. So then we flash to CD's Bar and Grill. And everyone is clearly a buzz about this movie being in town. And I'm going to throw it out there right now. The name of that movie has to be Money Train. Because they're talking about a train robbery that happened. And the movie is based off of Sam Bass, who was the great train robber in Texas, who was taken down by all the Texas Rangers. Oh, so we got three money trains going on. Exactly. And uh, (laughs) CD CD is explaining to, he's sorry, CD is mansplaining to to Alex about how back in Sam Bass's day, there weren't any ladies part of the gang there. And this is in response to the fact that Ellie Preston, the hot movie starlet and sister of cody Mm, mm. she's starring in the film and she's apparently part of the posse that robs the train and you know cd what a boomer yeah he's got problems with that he would not rob a train with a woman ever right like there's a reason mabel's not still slinging chili at his place like yeah she's out yeah what happened to mabel she caught what cd was throwing down that he's an originalist you know yeah (laughs) keep things like they were so Walker shows up, and apparently Ellie Preston's been looking for him. But uh, before Walker's able to talk to Ellie Preston, CD, or dare I say Noble Willingham, shows off uh, his acting chops. Yeah, we get mm. what is happening. Like, because <laughs> I guess they pulled him in as a consultant too to the the movie. No, he's just excited. He wants uh, to be a part of the action, and, and he's a master thespian. You know, in Absolutely, right. mm. and he takes his shirt off, and he's wearing like. Just his white tank top, and he treats us to a scene from a streetcar named Desire. All right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He's doing his best Marlon Brando. Mm. He only imitates Marlon Brando because he also does a scene from The Godfather. Right. The Godfather. Yeah, his Godfather's pretty good, you know. I had that. Yeah. And yeah, and he, he slaps Walker down. in the face when he does the Godfather impersonation. Yeah. I was like, that's brave. He, he does, you know, the the aggressive uh, face touching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. I mean, again, this is a Noble Willingham swinging for that primetime Emmy. Yeah, I mean, 
I haven't seen anyone else on the show uh, do Brando. So. He's got a range that Noble Willingham. He oh, he just. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad he was able to spread his wings a little bit in this uh, two minute scene. Yeah. He did. He did. I mean, that was certainly the best acting we've seen in the entire episode to this point and subsequently. It was really oddly shoehorned in between Walker walking to go talk to somebody, but I guess I'm glad it was there. Mm. Walker also uh, runs into Trevette, who's working on a screenplay, and Trevette's screenplay is all just stories that they'd been through, but just with more embellishments thrown into it. Yeah, him and Walker, their activities, which there's no need to embellish. They already made one TV show about it. It's called Walker Takes a Stranger. Yeah, I think it's called uh, Walker independence Ugh. oh ooh, no sorry oh, sorry sorry <laughs> walker colon independence uh, let's scratch that from the record which, okay which <laughs> walker colon independence is what most of the uh commercials between walker breaks actually would be uh, soft right? duty soft duty yep, soft duties yep. colon okay. independence oh, right duty. there <laughs> duty <laughs> we did it yeah. uh so uh while they're talking Trevette gets a call and it's the guys at the machine shop with their inventory. Apparently Susan spent the latter part of 48 hours combing through every single piece of metal in the drawers there. Just to see what the ninjas stole. Right. Now I will say when the ninjas stole it and we saw them (laughs) stealing the piece. I can't believe we're even having this talking about ninjas right now. It just seems weird. I love it. Nah. Nope. I love it. So when the ninjas did steal that piece, uh, the astute watcher may have noticed that they were not wearing gloves. So if simple detective work were done Mm -hmm. on some of those drawers, they would have found Cody's fingerprints all over the drawers Mm. because they opened multiple ones. They might have had plastic coated fingertips. You know, (laughs) I doubt they did. They were ninjas though. But they're ninjas who put their fists in for like a, a rah, rah, rah. Someone's pulling the strings, and they're not doing much thinking. Yeah. They're frat boy ninjas? Deaf. Okay. No, no, no. Even worse. Oh, damn, what's the name of that movie? Three Friends ninjas. forever work oh, together. They're Miami Connection ninjas? Yes, they're Miami Connection ninjas that have been turned. <laughs> <laughs> They've been corrupted. They're part of Dragon Sound? <laughs> no, they're part of uh, Banshee Whale, which is the competitor band. The competing band. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, apparently what was stolen was a railroad switch key and a signal maintainer switch lock key. Seems very specific. Hmm. Extremely. But before Walker and Trevette can really ponder over it and figure out what's going on, uh, Ellie's got a little run-in with Cody and, and his buddy there. And uh, they're having a little domestic dispute at the bar. Right, at CDs. But, uh, you know, Walker, he steps in. Talks everyone down, and then... He kind of, like, pisses off Cody, because Cody's like, Walker, this is family business. Get out of here. And Walker's like, take your arm off her. Cody submits, but he, you know, you can tell there's some, there's some beef there. Mm. Ellie's like, Walker, can you do me a favor? Can you take me home? Now, <laughs> under most circumstances, that would be extremely romantic, or like, you know, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah. In this show... Not nope. so much. No. <laughs> it's just uh you know, it's just Walker driving his truck while he gets his ear talked off by Ellie. Right. And she literally has lines that 
talk about how Walker feels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know anyway. what I mean? He's a connect the dots and everyone's got to connect the dots for him. <laughs> right. He's there driving stoically at night in his truck. She's in the passenger seat and she's kind of spilling her guts about her brother Cody and how they had a rough childhood and she kind of took care of him and he protected her from their abusive family back in the day. So now that she's a movie star, she feels like she owes it to take care of her brother Cody, but he always spends all the money she gives him. And Walker, the one line he says is like, well, Cody's an adult. And then she kind of does the work for him and goes, oh, you mean why do I put up with it? And then continues. <laughs> that's when she says, he, he took care of me, so I take care of him. Walker's kind of like, that's what family does. And she's like, Walker, I can tell you may have a hard exterior, but you've got a heart of gold. But don't worry, I won't tell nobody. Mm. And Walker just <laughs> looks forward like for two seconds and doesn't say anything and keeps driving. <laughs> we also know that he has a heart of gold totally clearly totally yeah next day you know obviously there is no insinuation whatsoever that there was any uh foul play or uh romance whatsoever between walker Um, and and her correct but they're back on the scene of the movie set and Mm. i think my question from earlier has been answered Yes, yes. Which is how much of this infrastructure is just regular on the show and how much of it is brought in for effect to make it seem like a movie set. And that is because we see a cameo from friend of the pod and Mm -hmm. uh, interviewee subject, Corinne Berdunius, who is the makeup artist for the show at the time. And she is actually doing the makeup on Ellie Preston. In the show. Or in the movie. In the show. Wow, I, this is Correct. confusing. So yeah. I guess we should say that she's not doing the makeup on Ellie Preston. She's doing the makeup on Sharice Baker, who uh, is the actress playing Ellie Preston. Well, technically, she's doing it in both. Since yeah, it's no, also I think she is plot. doing Ellie Preston. Oh, that's, a, that's a real mind bender. Yeah. Right it is. And after this double IPA, I, I can't. I know this IPA is a mind bender, too. I'm seeing double right now. Good God. Anyway. Mm. Super cool to see her in the actual show. So she's doing makeup on Ellie Preston and Trevette and Walker are brought in to lend a little bit of advice to the director with regards to a fight on a stagecoach. The director's kind of like, we plan to have him shoot the Texas Ranger from the stagecoach. And Walker's like, oh no, our Texas Ranger would never miss from that range. And, uh, the director's like, well, what do you have in mind, Walker? A fist fight? And then Trevette's like, oh, yeah, a fist fight would be awesome. <laughs> and mind you, this is like a fight on top of a stagecoach. And Cody, who Walker kind of bumped heads with at CDs the other night, is a guy who's going to be doing this fight. And he's standing on top of the stagecoach. The director's like, well... Why don't you show us what you mean, Walker? It's like, I guess he needs to see what like an actual fist fight would look like from a Texas Ranger because it's different from a fist fight from anybody else. It is, though. Right, right. Cody's like, yeah, Walker, why don't you come up here and show me how you would do it? And kind of begrudgingly, Walker gets on top of the stagecoach and Cody sucker punches, like actually punches Walker in the face. Hmm. 
And then the stagecoach takes off with them fighting on top. Yeah. And uh, Walker ends up uh, dispatching two bad guys who are also stunt people. He kicks them off of the stagecoach, and then he has to bring the stagecoach to a halt. But the brake isn't working. So he has to climb out to one of the lead horses and make it stop. Yeah, and this is like an extended shot of them like fighting with no one on top of the stagecoach that's moving. Pulled by how many horses? It's like eight. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it, it looked like they, they did that. Someone was fighting on top of a stagecoach with no one driving. Well, the horses yes. are driving. So is that a vehicular transference if you're on the stagecoach and then you climb onto the horse? No. No. The stagecoach and the horses are, are one and the same in this instance. Yeah. I would agree, although there is some level of skill involved. Right. It doesn't technically count. Also, while we're at it, when Walker chases after the other horse... Is that considered a chase earlier in the episode? I, yes, for stats, I considered that a chase. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Horse is a vehicle. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) I also want to reiterate that was done in Lobo McQuaid. So, while he's doing that, which, you know, it does take a while, Trevette's actually had time to run a background check on the stunt guides. Good on Trevette for being like, yeah, that's not really normal stunt behavior to just slug someone who's a consultant. So he's like, these guys aren't clean, Walker. Go figure. So we got to figure out like what's going down here, but we don't really know what's going down. But the viewer does know what's going down because there's a sick planning sesh at the motel. Mm. The gang leader's got them all in there, and he's got a sick train map and an amazing mid-90s highlighter. And he's like, all right, this is the route the train's <laughs> going to take. And they have a map that has like a yellow highlighted route on it that you can tell they've gone over like a hundred times with the marker. Right. right. Another indication that these are not actors, they're stunt people. So they've had to do this scene like 50 times. <laughs> right. <laughs> Each time you do a take, go over it with the yellow highlighter. <laughs> there must have been like a hundred takes on that. Right. It was before they had neon highlighter tech, so it was just like a really bright yellow. Oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, while they're having this meeting, noob mistake... Cody's girlfriend, the woman Susan, who works at the shop for the keys and stuff, she shows up and they're like, Get rid of her, man. We can't have her around while we're doing our board game nights. And, <laughs> when we're uh, planning this heist. Like, Look, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. And while they're outside talking about that, the two other stunt people and uh the the lead guy, they're like, No loose ends, and they have some awkward eye contact. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, you pretty much have to kill your boy's girlfriend, is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Unbelievable. The next day, Walker's got a call in to one of his buddies who he used to work with, and this guy works for the railroad service in some way, some rail police or something. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, I work with this guy during the sting back in Juarez. We really help each other take down this cartel or something. And, uh, (laughs) you know, lo and behold, they go to meet this guy and... Dude, he's the gang leader that's planning this money heist, man. Unbelievable. This train robbery, and he works at a train yard. Go figure. Right. And Walker's all like, what could you do with a switch key and a signal maintainer switch lock key? And the guy's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know anything about trains, even though it's my entire life's work. (laughs) Um, We'll just put some additional security out and we'll be fine. Walker's like, do you have any big things coming through? And the guy's like, 
oh, Walker, there's always big stuff coming through. And Walker's like, well, why don't you let us stick around here? Because it seems like some people are trying to steal some stuff. And the guy's like, Walker, I appreciate you letting me know. I'll pass it along up the chain of command. But any of these big deliveries already have their own security. Yeah, that that star you're wearing on your chest is cute, but... You don't know trained security like me. Yeah, yeah, seriously. You aren't trained. (laughs) Right. Another wrinkle occurs when the manager of the tool and die company that was broken into by the ninjas <laughs> calls in. And it's not clear to me exactly the sequence of events here. This is odd. Bas- yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically, he knows that his employee Susan is missing. She wasn't at work all day, right? Yeah. I didn't put this together that that was the boss. Right. But they <laughs> rendezvous at Susan's house. And like no other information is given. They show up. He goes like this. Yeah. So Walker Drivet show up, meet the boss outside Susan's house. And he's talking (laughs) to them as they walk in. And he goes, and she said she wasn't feeling well, Walker. She she just wasn't feeling well. And they walk in and she's dead on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like the paramedics weren't called. It's like he just was like, oh, well, she's dead. Right. It's like, well, you know, and, and you know, she <laughs> just wasn't in at work today and, you know, I was just hanging out and, you know, I drove over to her house, found her dead body and, you know, call, call I haven't you told first. anybody. So, <laughs> you know, I called the dispatch and tried to get in touch with Walker and it's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. I mean, you, you could say he hasn't done his due diligence, but I would say the people who also killed her did not do their due diligence because uh, some lazy detective work happened here and it worked out because Walker basically looks at a couple of photos that are oh, on right. a, yeah. a, yeah. that are on a coffee table. One of them is her with Cody. <laughs> right. He's like, well, okay, she's uh, dating Cody. They also call a favor in with CD. They're like, okay, we're going to go to Cody's hotel room. And of course, Cody, he's flown the coop. But right, uh, right. CD, he's got intel. There's a train coming into Texas. That's a Federal Reserve train. So it's got some cashola. Hmm. It's a money train. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like the Denzel Washington movie? <laughs> it may have been. It might be, yeah. So they go to the hotel room, and not only do they not find Cody there, he's hightailed it out of town, but they also find Ellie Preston, the movie star slash Cody's sister. Her car's there. And for a movie star, what's she driving? She's driving like a a Plymouth coupe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't want to be recognized. Mm. <laughs> Still, that's uh that's a pretty low low end vehicle there. Some sort of K car. <laughs> she could be trying to get into character for another role. Could be. That's uh, you know point. what? That's yeah, probably it. That, she's I bet she's a method actress. I mean, yeah. speaking of Marlon Brando, I mean Ellie Preston, I've heard she's she really dives into her roles. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I mean, and that streetcar was named Desire. It is a streetcar, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, my goodness. The, the connections, they abound. Whoever wrote this episode really threw it all at the wall. Mm, I think so. Some of it's stuck. <laughs> so like, oh man, well, you must have Ellie now. Like now she's in danger. Meanwhile, we see the actual train. It's coming into Texas and it is on time. And uh, we see inside the freight train. Just the, the one shot they showed of the trains, that was definitely stock, like, footage yes, of trains. for sure. Like, oh, a, yeah. like, Absolutely. Tra- they're like, hey, can you find us a train depot that kind of looks like it's in Texas? Maybe. Right. And then they show the interior of the train, and that's all we get. 
we see inside the car or what we're led to assume is inside the car where all the money is and stuff yeah. and the money itself is stored in clear plastic tupperware containers <laughs> now i don't know much about the federal reserve and i definitely don't know much about how large chunks of money are uh, transferable from one place to another but if the whole idea is to disguise the movement of money and to uh, not draw attention to yourself, I would say it's probably not a great idea to store millions of dollars of cash in a clear plastic Tupperware container. And Tupperware containers aren't cheap, man. You know, that's kind of <laughs> like just pissing money away, too. You know? Also true. Put it in uh, brown paper bags. Bag Done. it. Yeah, just bag yep. it. But, you know, just so we know, we got to see the Monopoly money in clear plastic bins and i appreciated it i appreciated yeah. you know the exposition and so then we flash to cody and crew they're in a chopper <laughs> and this chopper is going to land on top of the train and they jump one at a time from the helicopter now wait 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 wait, wait. before they make the jump they bump fists they do the fist bump yeah. oh no oh yeah <laughs> They jump off one at a time from the helicopter to the top of the train. It looks like they actually did that. I, they can't fake any of this stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> and, again, by the actors who play Cody and the other guy. And they're walking on what looks to be a moving train to me, right, when they get on top. Mm. Yeah, I, I noticed that the train was moving incredibly slowly during all of these scenes. And they, they shoot it in a way that it's directly front to back so that you yeah. can't really judge the speed of the train. Yeah, but it's it, well done. It's, it's moving done. very slowly, <laughs> which it should be because there are people on it in yeah. a camera. But oh, totally. Yeah. And so they get on top and they're walking up the train and they pull out like this, I guess, like nitrous oxide that they <laughs> they pull out and they put a tube into a vent somewhere and they pump it into the money car. And then we get an awesome shot of the agents being like, oh, gas. Oh. <laughs> and then they all pass out yeah. or yeah. die. Well, yeah. so nitrous oxide would be like a non-lethal way to knock people out. They've already killed Susan, right? Like, yeah, nitrous I oxide know, is also. But, I don't think it's you can see it either. This looks like a maybe like a sarin gas or some sort of a. This more, is a Joker laughing gas situation. Yeah, but they didn't laugh either. Yeah. They just passed out. So, <laughs> but it looked like the Joker gas from the yeah. '89 Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not gas experts here, clearly, but. All right, right, right. I, now, I it's don't important. know if we're experts at all, but... We'll, it's important we'll, to note that of all the great decisions that the Federal Reserve made, the greatest decision of all was for them to place all of the money in the last car of the train. The caboose. Right. It could have been any other car in the train, but it had to be the last one. Mm -hmm. Well, most people think, oh, well, they'll probably put it mixed in with the other cars. So reverse psychology, put okay. it at the last okay. car. I, you know, you're right. Yeah, this is some serious. Yeah. So Anyways, serious. <laughs> uh, we'll find out that there's a reason that that makes a big difference. But after the security officers are dispatched of, they basically go in and detach the last car of the train. And as they're detaching the last car of the train, two guys show up at a railroad switch and use their... Sorry, let me look up the technical term. And switch key identifier. Uh, the signal maintainer switch lock key <laughs> to uh, to to switch the train track. And through clever editing, which I went back and watched, <laughs> didn't didn't work for me. 
I give a 10 out of 10 to the editors of these episodes because, I mean, we review these episodes and can't keep it to 42 minutes. So for them to be able to take all of this <laughs> and turn it into a story in 42 minutes, amazing. Yeah, but right. uh, I will say this little maneuver here kind of lost in the editing. But the bad guys basically switch the track just as the main part of the train passes by and the last car is still coming up. They switch the track so the last car goes down an old track. They show Cody's buddy there hanging off the side of a moving train car and he detaches the caboose at just the right moment. Yes. It's actually that actor hanging on the back of a moving train. Right. Walker is, uh, I don't know, how did Walker and Trevette show up on the scene if what I, happened I was going to question about this because technically <laughs> they're chasing a train in their truck, but they aren't or are they? Because tr- CD goes, oh, just heard this from my guy. There's a uh, train load of cash moving through this latest uh, train that's coming through right now. And so Walker and Trevette jump in the truck and they're kind of chasing the train or not. Yeah, aren't they behind it at one point? I haven't watched the episode. It, in the way weeks. it was edited again was like, were they chasing it? Were they not? Right. And as they're chasing it, they recognize the proto SUV that was at the break-in the night that Walker and Trevette were ambushed. And they're By like, ninjas. <gasps> yeah. that's the same truck. Let's check out what that's all about. That's the ninja wagon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Ninja Turtles van. Uh, <laughs> so, so they... You know, understandably, they pull into this uh, spot, and this is where they encounter my two favorite characters from this episode, who are uh, Takamura, the stunt double who knows some martial arts, and uh, Davis, a 50-something-year-old dude in a long leather jacket. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was clearly there just to be, like, sucker-punched by someone. Uh, And this is Takamura and Davis. They are uh, the odd couple of this episode that Uh, I'm all for for having a spinoff. Now, Davis, he's only in the scene, right? Correct. Yeah. (laughs) They just needed another guy to be a punching bag. Exactly. So Walker (laughs) and Trevette show up and they're like, oh, freeze. And, you know, Takamura and Davis, you know, whip out some weapons and start unloading gunfire on them. Gunfight ensues, but then somehow Walker engages in uh, hand-to-hand combat with Takamura. Which, which is what we kind of have been waiting for. I mean, Of course. Is, yeah. And it looks like Takamura's, you know, maybe got the upper hand, but then uh, Walker clearly dispatches of him quite quickly, including kicking him into an open car door. Epic. Classic. Yeah. Yep. Classic. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but as this fight is going on, there are some people in a helicopter. It's the helicopter that dropped the guys off on the train. We don't get to see them leave the train because this fight's happening. And let's be honest, we didn't need to see that. And uh, they radio in. They go, oh, no, Takamura and Davis are fighting Walker to the gang leader. And the gang leader's like, no witnesses. (laughs) And so (laughs) they start raining down machine gun fire on their own guys, Takamura and Davis. And there's this shot, epic shot of Takamura taking some shots to the chest and just like wiggles to the ground dead. Uh, you know, tragic. Now, I don't know why they didn't just kill Walker and Trevette. They chose to kill their own guys. Well, Walker but... had the foresight to roll behind a, a vehicle. Okay. okay. And Davis, he leveled his weapon at Trevette, but Trevette shot him first. So Davis went down via Ranger fire. D down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The helicopter then flies away after uh, Walker and Trevette rain some fire back. And uh, then they just sit in their truck. 
you know, I would think you'd say, wow, well, we just encountered two people. Let's run a background check on them or let's call in backup or get someone to do some sort of work here. Why are we at this location? Is this location the location of where a track switches? Because it is. Um, They just sit there in the truck for a while. You know, Walker just sort of ponders things for a while. Who finally tells him what happened? Who comes up with that? I forget. Oh, Walker does. Because, you know, in his free time, he clearly reads train robbery novels. He's like, have you ever heard of a flying switch? And Trevette's like, yeah, no. Walker's like, well, it's where a car is detached. And then as it lags behind, it's then diverted onto an old abandoned track. I know everything. He is a know-it-all. Yeah, and hence the beer of the week is relevant. Bearded Iris know-it-all, double IPA. Mm-hmm. Walker know-it-all all the time. Yeah, right. And Walker's like, you know what? There's an old meat packing plant down this abandoned railway. I bet they're there. Let's go. Yeah, do he, and Walker just knows like every like abandoned meat packing plant. He just knows where it's at, right? Oh, it's only a matter of time before we find the episode where we learn, like, remember how we learned that he was on an oil rig for a while? Oh, you he think was he was in a meat packing plant for a while? Too. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Oh, man. I used to do deliveries over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got into this meat packing plant. And of course, Walker is always right. You know, the gang leader and the gang are there. And they brought Ellie Preston kidnapped over there. And the gang leader is kind of like, look, you brought her into this and she knows too much. And Cody's like, no, we can't hurt her. He's like, hurt her? We're going to kill her. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. (laughs) Oh, so good. And so we show Walker and Trevette kind of sneaking in. They're going past all these walls of concrete with graffiti. And Walker goes by one that says, welcome to the jungle. That was was unbelievable. I tried to get a good still of that, but there really wasn't a good still of Walker in front of a concrete wall that says "Welcome to the Jungle." But yeah, there, someday, God willing, there will be a digital remaster, and you can pull that from it. Mm. I pray to uh, the Walker gods. So yeah, there's quite a showdown here. You know, there's some gunfire exchanged, and uh, you know, Walker then uses that opportunity and the distraction of that to uh, do a little stealth attack. <laughs> yeah, he like sneaks up behind a guy who's in a train car, grabs a guy by the throat and subdues him. Oh, yeah. And then the other stunt guy comes up and I'm like, oh, man, there's going to be a showdown now. But no, he just kicks him in the face. Well, <laughs> we saw him practicing karate earlier in the episode and he goes, come on, Walker, bring it. Something like that. They do go back and forth a little bit with some karate moves. Yeah, I guess he takes him out. But Walker kicks a couple people in the head. <laughs> Gracefully. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's time for Walker to have a showdown with the old guy that he did that sting with. And while this is all happening, we should also say that that guy's about to shoot Ellie. And Cody, he essentially jumped in the way of the gun. And then Walker jumped in and took out the gang leader, saving Ellie. That scene ends, I believe, with Ellie in Walker's arms. Yeah. Yeah. Walker has the showdown with his former colleague, right? And the former colleague, hashtag Walker shoots second. The former colleague takes a shot and misses. Oh, right. And remember from earlier, at that distance, a Texas Ranger would never miss. Mm. And so Walker takes a shot, does not miss, and the guy's out. Oh, do you think that's... uh, uh, Just threading these lines. you think that was actually needled through the script? Absolutely. That was an intentional line. All of it. A Texas Ranger never misses, and that's why Walker never missed. No, Walker didn't miss because he's Walker. But he's He's also also a Texas Texas Ranger. Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. 
epic showdown ends and they are back at CD's bar and grill. Ellie is hanging out, you know, because of course she's fast friends with the law enforcement officers, the DA and the bartender from some random bar in the city that she's filming in. Right. <laughs> right. Why wouldn't she be? Right. And presumably this is the next day. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. She's like, Later you know, uh, my brother's dead, but that's cool. You know, he lived, he lived a hard life and, you know, that's great. And I think Walker, someone's like, he gave his life for yours. And she's like, them's the breaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You're just like, whoa. Okay. The tone of this, there's no hashtag, no remorse. Yep. Totally fine. Uh, yep. Meanwhile, tons of remorse at the bar because Trevette, his script has been rejected. Hmm. But uh, Walker says, you know what? That's all right. All you have to do is just embellish it a little more and resubmit. They end on a question mark joke because it's like, yeah, Trevette, you just got to punch up your script, but you got to make one change. You just got to remove my name. And then it freezes <laughs> on Walker as if that's funny. That was his response to the CW reboot as well. Ooh, yes. Yeah, good <laughs> that's point. the one thing they did keep. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that about sums up this episode. We'd love to give a shout out to our friend and collaborator, Adam Lauritsen. Uh, who's responsible for many of the amazing walkerstrations that you see on our social media. You can check out his art on Instagram at @imaginationrunamuck. When we come back, we'll each be rating Money Train on a scale of 0 to 10 boots to the face, resulting in our patented Roundhouse Roulette episode ranking, the complete results of which are available on our website, roundhouseroulette.com. Don't go away. This was no ordinary night. It hung like an unshakable stench. Dark, dank, and deadly. What are you doing? You ever, you know, think about down the road? After the podcast, I mean. I like what we're doing just fine. So do I, but, you know, think about this. Last couple of podcasts, we've witnessed a stolen government laser cannon, corrupt border town cops, a Freddy Krueger kidnapping, and two sepia-toned western flashback episodes. Do you know what kind of stress that can put on your biorhythms? No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. What we really need is some soft duty. Soft duty? Sounds like you haven't had CD's chili in a while. No, man. I had it yesterday. Look, there's no reason why we can't work a little easier while continuing our promise to spread the light of Walker, Texas Ranger to the world. Speaking of which, if you listeners would like to join us in our mission, please share the podcast with a friend. Otherwise, if you'd like to help us keep the lights on at headquarters, check out our shirts, posters, and freshly cleaned, emphasis on cleaned, vintage action figures at roundhouseroulette.com. No duty. <laughs> or join the fun on our Patreon page. Most importantly, though, we thank you for listening. So long story short, you're drafting a fanfic screenplay in the hopes of coaxing Chuck Norris out of retirement and taking us on as consultants? Yeah, man. Soft duty. Attention all units. Ninjas spotted at the Dallas Railroad Robbery Supply Store. On our way. Oh man. Hard duty. Here we come again. Well, welcome back. What did we think of this episode? I enjoyed this episode. Um, I actually watched it twice because I really wanted to kind of get a better feel for it. But I had a hard time remembering what happened. There wasn't like the extreme thing in Walker that you were just like, oh, in this episode something crazy happened that puts it on the map for me mm. at the same time it had so many great elements of a walker episode 
so I'm going to leave it right around five. It's a Walker, Texas Ranger episode, <laughs> but I wasn't blown away by it. Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you, um, but I went a little higher. I went six, and for most of the same reasons, but I think it checked a lot of boxes, right? Totally. We had, a, we had totally. an old Western being filmed as part of the episode, some yeah. horse chases, and it just it didn't stop. The action was all over the place and you know, had a nice pace, but you know, no explosions, no sonic lasers. Yeah, so we were missing out yeah. on a few things, but yeah. <laughs> you're right now that it was definitely a Walker episode. It was yeah. pretty much right in the middle of the road, but I think it had enough just to push it just up over five. So you're going with a six? Yeah, yeah, I had a six. Man, guys, I think you're 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 pretty low on this one. I, I, I love why. this because this is like this t- this is like the episode end run for Evan. So I'm glad, Evan, that you're on this other extreme. You need to be this. You need to be the outlier here. Oh yeah. I mean, this episode it did have it all, and it had that like vintage charm. But like, come on now, you got really heist. awful acting from a bunch of stunt guys. <laughs> They're acting like some weird posse. <laughs> I don't get it, but it's hilarious. You've got really crappy computers being used. I'm pretty sure, so we didn't mention, but the ringleader from the bad guys was using a laptop in his car. I'm pretty sure that's like the same prop laptop that Trevette was using at the beginning. Of the <laughs> yeah, those weren't cheap. You, had to, you could only get one. <laughs> right, right. You get like a showdown at the end. You get dudes jumping off a helicopter and injecting gas into a train. Yeah. You get really poorly edited train footage to try to make you think that something happens so that it doesn't really get there. <laughs> and you know uh chuck norris he's pretty vintage you know we get a pretty legit fight at the beginning and a legit fight at the end it's got a hashtag old friend who's also a bad guy that doesn't always happen right yeah. uh, but we see cd's bar and it's like for some reason the epicenter of the dallas area which shouldn't be but it is we well, see cd being completely over the top and weird i mean not his brando Right. Tell me that's not one of the top five most bizarre things you've seen that actor do. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he was this episode is pretty over the top. With, with Trevette in another episode. It was like a flirting paint fight. Right. Now, the overall like <laughs> smell test for any episode in a ranking is like, if someone had never seen this show before, yeah, yeah, would you have them watch this episode? And I would say I'm kind of lukewarm on that. That said... I found it incredibly entertaining and thought that it was pretty awesome. And I would probably give this, I'll give it a seven. Hmm. I'm giving it a seven for Takamura and Davis rip. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. If I ever get around to doing gifts again, the gift for this episode will definitely be the fist bump of the gang. (laughs) I, um, you know, I've really toiled with this one because like I say, it was hard to remember what actually happened. But maybe it's just because I've seen so many Walker episodes. It was what? Like our second or third movie within a movie? <laughs> it was confusing. It was like Inception. <laughs> Walkerception here. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to bump mine up to a six, I think. Ooh, a revision. Wow. A, a roundhouse revision. I'm doing it. You don't have to take our word for it, guys. We're going to uh, bring in some notes from our patron, Kenny Detweiler here. Our super fan, Kenny... Make some points for the uh, epicness of this episode. Kenny reached out to us on the socials. He was really, as we mentioned earlier, excited for us to handle this episode because this is maybe his favorite episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. Mm. It kind of pains me that I had to give it a six, but 
it kind of goes to show that there are multiple ways to appreciate Walker. Me, I love the late period bombast and ridiculousness and campiness. It seems like he really digged season three. Yeah, it's true. It had the it had a fourth wall, a near fourth wall break. Yeah. I mean, this episode's pretty legit, guys. It is. I, I, I can see yeah. why it'd be someone's uh, favorite too. I just, I just, so, there's different I mean, things that he, we look for, you know. So, right. I mean, he cites the fact that there are, uh, it has everything: chases, helicopters, horses, old west, insane villain plan, great fights, meta humor, and the music. Not to mention the ninjas. Yeah, he says, I feel like if someone had never seen the show, this might be an episode to help them, quote unquote, get it. Yeah, yeah. It's a nine out of ten for him. Ooh. Maybe even a ten out of ten. Ooh. Kenny. Respect, man. You are a walkerologist, and uh, we're going to put that on the record. Not going to include it in our ratio here, but we're putting it out there for posterity. Yeah. I mean, I'm close to an eight. I feel pretty good with seven. I feel pretty good with it. Yeah. You throw an explosion or two in there. Bump. That's yeah. true. This is explosion one of those, light. Yeah. Just yeah. a couple of little things would each tick it up one. So that gives this episode a roundhouse ranking of uh, 6.333 boots to the face. Pretty respectable. And I think we can all agree that the uh, Walker Texas Rangers slash Thomas the Tank Engine crossover would have been pretty epic. Mm. Mm. But uh, please let us know what you think on social media or by emailing us at roundhouseroulette at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll be spinning that roundhouse roulette wheel and selecting our next episode. Bob, you ready to spin that wheel? You know I'm ready. Here! Season 7, episode 20, Mind Games. <laughs> Mind Games. Season 7, episode 20, Mind Games. I mean, we've gone from like a totally vintage Walker episode into something that's probably going to be possible garbage, but also maybe ludicrous. <laughs> While CD investigates the suspicious death of a friend's son, Walker and Trevette search for an escaped prisoner. Hmm. I usually don't feel great about the ones that are like, while something, something, while something, while. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, give me one plot point. Yeah, but- I mean, this this last episode was pretty great, and the description was pretty on the nose. It was, yeah. you know, they're on a movie set, yeah. and there's a train robbery. Yeah. <laughs> this sure. one, it's very vague. But, uh, you know, I hear escaped prisoner, and I think uh, Walker tracking skills. So yeah, could be on point. supreme display here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we can't wait to... Uh, Share with you our reactions to season seven, episode 20, Mind Games. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll be asking ourselves the question what kinds of mind games can the show really play? Hmm. In the meantime, uh, share your opinions with us on Facebook and on Instagram at, at Roundhouse Roulette and on Twitter at, at Roundhouse Pod. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, may, may the eyes of the ranger. ranger. Be upon you when you're in Texas looking behind you. Oh, cause that's where the ranger's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs>